The Start On Demand. On demand. Bob Irving, the legendary voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers for nearly 50 years, is retiring at the end of the CFL season. We speak to Bob and producer Kyle put together one of his patented Milroy montages looking back at Bob Irving's wonderful career. As they said in Game of Thrones, winter is coming. Winter storm watches in effect, special weather statements in effect, that beautiful weather that we had over the weekend is about to go away. And speaking of winter, what winter stuff do you have in your car? Or maybe the better question is, what don't you have? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling, who's on vacation, sort of, and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Tuesday, November 9th podcast for The Start. McGarry and McNabb, Mackling is on vacation, and uh, I just know, Loren, that... I mean, hey, Greg is uh, probably the worst of us at vacationing in terms of, like, not communicating with us or dealing with work stuff. I got more emails from Greg yesterday than I think I have in the last week. Yeah, he's uh, the worst. <laughs> it's like a condition. I don't know what's going on with him. And it's, I feel terrible because he's trying to be helpful. Yeah. But then part of you is like, dude vacation while vacationing (laughs) but i guarantee you that he wishes he was here today because at 707 we have a major major announcement when i saw the note yesterday i thought what it's crazy i don't really know what else i can say about it i guess we can't say it until seven but wow And this is a big, I mean, it'll be big for our listeners and it'll be big for our CGOB family. And it's it's one that had me, um, what's the word? I wasn't surprised, but I was so saddened at the same time. So it's got all the fe- emotional feels coming at seven o'clock. And listen, this is a family. The thing I learned very quickly when joining CGOB just over three years ago is how very much... Um, the listeners are, are like our, you know, you're sometimes they're your, your brother or your sister. They feel like a sibling. They feel like the long lost cousin. They feel like the cousin you'd wish would go away depending on the day. You know, there's all sorts of <laughs> like different dynamics. And yeah. every day they're a family and they're like one that comes together that you can't wait to, to meet and discuss with. And sometimes you wish you hadn't opened up a can of worms, you know, at the dinner table. And sometimes you wish you had talked about something. So I know our CGO family will want to tune in for 707 for what we have coming for you then. So we have a big announcement. We have a major announcement at 707. We also are announcing another show at 707 that's coming to Winnipeg. So we're going to have three things to give away this morning. We've got SmackDown tickets for January 2022. We've got Jesse Crookshank tickets. She's going to be at the Park Theater. That is... Hang on a second. I've got so many things here. I can't even find it. May That's in May of next year. And then the uh, third announcement is a show coming to Club Region Event Center in June. So details on that at 7.07. And at 6.37, it's been so nice. The weather over the weekend was perfect. It was scintillating. It was sensational. But uh, I got the... I uh, got hammered by notifications on my phone a couple of hours ago from Environment Canada. Yeah, and you sent those to me. And my response, like, I almost dropped the phone. It's like, ah, 
No, winter storm watches go away. I think the first one you sent me for was from 4.23 a.m. to avoid travel if possible in the Minidosa area. I think you do those ones on purpose for me. Yes. Uh, the Minidosa ones in a nice way or yeah. in a mean way, I guess, depending no, no, on, no. The, <laughs> on the alert with snow. But, yeah, there's an alert for Minidosa. There's talk of snow for other parts of the province. And for sure, like, it's not like we don't know. It's November 9th, man. Like, I get it. It's coming. But I'm still the person that doesn't know where my windshield wiper scraper dewy do a thing is in the car and i'm not ready you know in a number and even my husband said yesterday i should go switch those tires over and i was like you got time (laughs) time's out man time is running out (laughs) my dad said to me on the weekend did you make an appointment yet for your winter tires i'm like dude it's 14 degrees i'm not thinking about my winter tires well, now yes. when I see snow in the forecast, I'm thinking about my winter tires. <laughs> Avoid would... all calls from Smash Gordon for the next 24 hours because he's not happy with you. No, he's not. Although I, another part of the reason why I don't think about it is once golf season ends, I barely drive. I'll drive my car maybe once a week for the next probably six months, maybe twice a week at the most. So, uh, but I still should have the winter tires on. Especially. Interesting. I was thinking that the opposite would like you'd go away from the car and I thought, you know what, watch, they'll finally announce that we're coming back to work and it'll be like on the coldest day of the year or something like that. Or winter's come, Loren, we need you to get back on the road. You know, like <laughs> you're coming back into the office. Really, guys? Today. Couldn't do this in fall or like springtime or something. No, Loren, it's there's a storm coming tomorrow and we're thinking. <laughs> I just feel like that's how that's going to go for me. Probably. That is likely, but we'll find out at 637 just what we can expect. We'll speak with David Phillips from Environment Canada, senior senior climatologist from Environment Canada, and uh, see if he says, my gosh, winter is coming. Also, um, we have the keys to the game. Forgot got to mention that. 755 with Cameron Poitras. Breakfast with the Bombers at 737. And uh, I got to ask you, you so yesterday, because you got in very late Sunday night from your travels, uh, you were super tired yesterday morning. I've, I've understandably good for you for powering through yesterday morning. Did you get a nap? I did. I really and truly, I couldn't. So I think all told, and I got into the house at 1.35 a.m. yesterday, went right to bed for about 90 minutes or so, and that was it. So that's the least amount of sleep I've had in a long, long time since since the days where you were had, like, and it wasn't like one of those, oh, we're staying up to watch the sunrise because I've had sunshiny beers and we're having a good time. It's just a straight, straight, no seeps, no sleep situation. So yes, I did. Like I think at 10.06, uh, I was already asleep 10.06 a.m. yesterday for a couple hours and then of course I woke to the email that told us about the news that we will be announcing at seven and that uh is why I said to myself this is why I don't nap you miss too many things when you nap (laughs) like the world's (laughs) it wasn't a world-ending email I just said ah First winter storm of the season for southern Manitoba. That is the headline in a special weather statement issued by Environment Canada this morning. It goes on to say And I feel like this is tongue-in-cheek or something, Brett. One last day of pleasant weather is on tap before an approaching winter storm brings an abrupt return to reality later this week. To bring us more on this delightful news, we are joined now by Environment Canada Senior Climatologist David Phillips. Good morning, David. Good morning, Lauren. You know, when I reached out to you yesterday, I I wanted to talk about the snow that might be coming. I didn't want to wake up to these sorts of statements, so I'm not blaming you. I know it's not your fault. You're just the deliverer of this message, but what is coming our way? 
Well, you know, I think it's the headline was right. This, what's significant about this event is the first winter storm. I mean, my gosh, usually the first winter storm could be the end of September, the early October. Here we are near the middle of the month, and we're talking about the first uh, winter wallop. And um, and it's going to be, I think it might be an important one. People remember at the end of the winter, I think they might say, well, yeah, it started off on a, a rambunctious note there in uh, uh, a couple of days before Remembrance Day. Um, and, and yes, this is that that system that bombed Vancouver on the weekend. It came over the Rockies. Uh, it's going to develop today into an Alberta clipper, and then it's going to race across the prairies. Now, in Manitoba, it's going to be more impactful because it's going to also kind of uh, merge with a, a Texas low, uh, something that's going to give you more moisture to this system. And so what we're going to see are amounts of snow that are going to be certainly higher than Saskatchewan. We have special weather statements out for I think about 14 regions in Manitoba, including Portage and Brandon and, and Winnipeg and Steinbeck. So it's a, it's a major one, but um, also it depends upon the timing. You know, I mean, we're seeing such warm temperatures, and today, yes, another day where temperatures are 8 degrees warmer than normal, and my gosh, what a run it has been from September, October, and into November. So my sense, guys, that already we know winter is shorter this year, and, and this is the uh, kind of the first one, and we could see, um, you know, significant snow, maybe 10 to 20 centimeters of snow. But I think we're going to see more than that in the kind of in the in the parkland area of uh, of Manitoba. Those Manitoba lakes are like hot tubs out there, and they're going to be some local what we call lake effect snow. And so we're going to add to it. So we could see significant amounts of snow in that area, maybe 40 centimeters of snow. My gosh, that is a dream for growers and ranchers. I mean, you know, in one hand, you think, oh, my gosh, we've got the misery. But, boy, it, it is money in the bank. This is white gold that is coming for uh, for, for ranchers. And, and I think Winnipeggers are no different than Torontonians. We have to learn how to drive all over again in the, in the first wallop of the winter. And so my sense is take it easy. Uh, and you might get, because of the warm temperatures and certainly the warm ground, guys, I mean, that snow that falls will be assaulted by the warm the warm ground. So you may not see as much uh, accumulated as um, um, or measured as much that as really falls. So starting with rain and then some some winds picking up, and uh, but and we could see the snowiest Remembrance Day ever. Uh, you don't have much to to beat only nine centimeters back in 1985. So we could certainly see more than nine centimeters in Winnipeg on Remembrance Day, and so that uh, that it bears watching too. And as far as the wind on Remembrance Day, what can we expect for that? Because snow isn't necessarily bad, but if it's a super windy day as well, that's not pleasant for any uh, ceremonies that are taking place outside. Brad, you're absolutely right about that. And, you know, unfortunately, because of the energy of the system, began as a bomb, and then it's going to merge with something from Texas. Oh, my gosh, that, that sounds lethal almost. And we're certainly going to see the snow, but locally blowing snow. And, of course, guys, that makes driving treacherous on the Trans-Canada. And, um, and, and, and then the, the temperatures are going to be uh, cooler. But, you know, the thing that I often remember last year, we had a nasty storm, and then things cooled off dramatically, wind chills of minus 17. But we don't see that. It's almost as if this is going to be a little bit of uh, uh, coming and going and 
temperatures are not going to be hey, as pleasant as they've been, but not the still uh, near seasonable temperatures, which would be a high of zero and a low of minus eight. So it's not as if the winter's going to arrive with a big bang. I mean, hey, you're going to hit the snow and the winds, but my gosh, it's not as if it's going to be now you're into the hoary season beginning in Remembrance Day and going right through to Easter. We have just uh, 30 seconds here, David, but, you know, when we look ahead, we look at the week, but we also want to know what whether the winter will be warmer or colder or snowier than normal, and where are we with that in terms of just how much moisture you know, we might see? Lauren, it's, it's, it's kind of mixed. Uh, we, we know it's a La Nina year. This tends to make traditionally a, a colder and snowier than normal winter in Manitoba, but not in recent years. That La Nina has been a different, uh, different personality and character. So my sense is that, yes, it's going to cool off in November. You can't keep that winter away, but my sense is uh, we already know it's shorter. There'll be moments you wish it were somewhere else, but I don't think it'll be memorable in terms of the uh, brutality of the uh, of the winter the brutality of the winter <laughs> i like that <laughs> i said it's not going to be brutal <laughs> the, the clarifier was you're not going to get that but then you laughed maniacally, maniacally at the end a little bit david so we'll revisit this one later it's, it's what you uh uh, you know, we, we, we can guess. We're always good at describing what we've had, but not as good at describing what you're going to get. <laughs> okay. David Phillips, Environment Canada Senior Climatologist, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it as always, sir. You're welcome, guys. Bye-bye. What do you have in your vehicle to help you with winter? And has there ever been a time where you wished you had something in your vehicle that could have helped you get out of a lousy situation? So why don't we start with producer Jeff Forte, who's back after a couple of days off. I was going to say windshield washer fluid, because at this time of year, it, it'll snow, the ground gets dirty, it'll melt a bit and get all over your windshield. Have you ever been out of windshield washer fluid and you're oh, driving? It's the worst. Oh, you can't see anything. You're driving blind. You have to pull over. You have to throw snow on your windshield and <laughs> wipe it off manually. I've been there. It's such a pain. Don't forget washer fluid. Oh, yeah. Did you know that if you put, uh, and this, this has to do with more with scraping, but if you um, don't want to scrape your car, if you put water, like hot water, in a sandwich bag and just rub that on the window it just melts the ice away <laughs> what you just i saw it on the weather network i, I was just and the, i saw it last year and the video popped up again just, just last week and i thought this is nuts like but, a ziploc bag yeah you just fill a ziploc bag with hot water and you take it out to the car and it just melts all the ice away it's it, no no effort whatsoever i thought come on this can't work but then i watched it happen so um, there's a trick if you don't feel like scraping. Yeah, but then you, like, by the time you get in the house, fill up the bag, get back, you can just sit in the car and watch it disappear. Eventually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or just use your washer fluid, which uh, sometimes helps melt it. But oh yeah, yeah. Depending on how cold it is, that definitely works. And uh, make sure you put the right washer fluid in. Uh, one time it froze up on me, and uh, so I didn't have washer proper washer fluid in. Oh, okay. You needed to get the winter friendly stuff. Yes. Okay, JB. What about you? Brett, we haven't discussed it, but can we expect you to start reviewing things you've seen on the Weather Channel on the Couch Potatoes from <laughs> yeah, now on? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I see all every time. Every time I go to that app to look at the forecast, there's always crazy videos of like the. I think that's where I learned about the murder hornets. So, yeah, they got all kinds um, of neat stuff there. 
for the last, I would say, four or five winters, each and every time it snows or, or gets really cold and you have to scrape, I lament the fact that I need a new scraper, and for whatever reason, I just don't go and buy one. I had this scraper that was, you know, scraper on one end and brush on the other end, and it was adjustable, but that the adjustment thing broke, so now it's two separate pieces. And the, the brush part of it is like the curling brush style, not the straight line style, which I think is much better. So I, I, it makes me mad every single time, and I don't know why I just don't, you know, shell out the $10 to <laughs> improve my scraping situation. But it, it drives me nuts, and i got to go into the trunk today, I guess, and dig those two pieces out and put them in the front seat. It's because it's one of those boring things that we like. Who who wants to? I don't want to go to the store yeah. and buy a scraper. I want to go to the store and buy like a a book or I don't know a toy or something, something fun. Fun, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I remember when I bought a, a new shovel for my house. I was so excited about the shovel, which then made me realize: Am I officially old now? Like, is this the marker that determines that I've oh, become no. old? No, because there's a good, big difference between a good shovel and a bad shovel. And then when you get that good shovel, you're like, this, this, this is dynamite. I've stolen the neighbor's <laughs> shovel because it's so much better than ours. <laughs> like, it's so much better. And I'm like, oh, he's not home. I'll just trips trips all over. Except for you leave footprints all over each other's lawn. You took my shovel again. I did. It's better than mine. <laughs> Fair enough. And what do you wish you had in your automobile, Loren? Well, I am bad for the scraper, but I, I think I need to figure out a way because I have been, you know, end up with the car in the ditch or on the side of the road where it's stuck. And the one thing I don't have is the flashlight. And you often say, I need the flashlight, you know, to see if it's dark. And people will say, oh, you can use your phone, like turn your phone into the flashlight, but you need your phone to make calls for people to come. And so I need to figure out a way to put under lock and key, like so that it's trapped in the car forever, the, the phone charger. That no one can go mm. in and take it. It but needs to be. You need the phone charger, but it needs to be locked in there somehow because those disappear too, right? Someone grabs it, puts it in another car, mm. and I think at the end of the day, you'll want to make a phone call. You might be getting help, or you might need that phone for a flashlight. And I and I never ever ever have the charger in the car. That's a great idea, having an extra just an extra charger, uh, because especially given how phones can just spontaneously die. Right. In the Especially winter, in the right? Cold. Yeah. Yeah, because all these phones now they have glass backs, and you can have like I've had my phone at ninety-seven percent and gone outside uh, in a on a really cold day, bam, dead, just dies instantly. And then you, uh, the only thing that you can do is let it sit and warm up until you can plug it back in to bring it back to life. Um, Cam, uh, well, a pair of mitts, a pair of gloves. Um, you know, I don't know how many times I've been caught without a scraper or I can't find it. I don't know. Like, I put it somewhere crazy, and then when I actually need it, I don't have it. And then I have to break out, you know, the classic credit card, uh, uh, scraping yeah. away with the credit card. And then uh, because I also don't have a mitts because I'm completely unprepared, uh, my hands become icicles, and I'm sitting I, I, every time I'm stopping the car. And for some reason, my steering wheel uh, is gets, like, frozen. And so, like, I'm basically sitting on my hands uh, whenever I'm, like, stopped or at a red light or something like that. But... I make sure now I that happened to me and I make sure I have a pair of mitts with me at all times now. I, I keep them in there all summer long too. That's a good do idea. You? I do, yeah. This is true. How often do you get in the car and you might have the scraper or the shovel or the blankets even and you're not even dressed for it? Like you don't have your two can mitts <laughs> I don't on. Know what's wrong with us? That happens no, I'm there. I'm like, I got a coat on, that's good enough. Well, These are not. lessons we should have learned when we were 
lessons we should have learned when we were seven years old, you guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Don't learn. Bring your toque and mitts with you when you go out the door. <laughs> it's because we're stubborn. We think we can handle it. We're like, it's oh, we're tough. Cold. We're Manitobans. We can handle it. Oh, it's cold. And then you realize, why am I doing this? It's the same. It's like the stuff that we did when we were kids. You don't want to put on your ski pants because you don't want to look uncool, but then you feel like a moron. Now it's time for the major announcement. And Loren, when I saw this email yesterday morning, it was like a nuclear bomb went off in my inbox and in my brain. And then when I eventually saw your reply, I think you said, this is why I don't ever nap. Yeah, and you know, in some parts it's because I I missed out on the initial announcement and the reaction to it within our CJOB family. And then on the other hand, there was some relief. I, I had two more hours without knowing this change was coming because I think it's the kind of email, you know, I, I suppose we all knew was coming one day, but I thought maybe in 2045 or 2055 or 2065 or or hopefully never. I think we'd all be happy if we'd never, this news was never announced ever, but it's not our news it's our next guest news to share. And so I think we should just say hello to Bob Irving this morning. And perhaps, Bob, we can just ask you to share with our listeners what was in that email yesterday. Well, you guys are making this sound way, way too dramatic. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been thinking about this for, well, a couple of years. Uh, when the Bombers won the Grey Cup in 2019, my wife and I decided I would do one more bomber season, which would be 2020. And then the season was canceled because of COVID, so we decided that 2021 would be my last season. And so uh, I have informed the powers that be at CJOB and Chorus Entertainment that I'm retiring at the end of this season. I will no longer be doing Blue Bomber games after they win the West Final in December the 5th, and I'll go to the Grey Cup and cover their victory there. <laughs> and, and then I'm going to ride off into the sunset, as they say. And uh, so that's the... Uh, the information I shared, uh, or that was shared with the staff yesterday, and I would uh, wrap it up, I guess, by simply saying, it's time. Bob, I golfed with you last summer at Breezy Bend, and uh, you seemed quite relaxed, not having to be at football practice. Well, yeah, I was, and, you know, I got, kind of, I think, a taste of retirement in 2020 when there was no football, and I had a summer off for the first time in my uh, career at CJOB because I've covered football ever since 1974. I arrived here in 73 and I've covered football since 74. And that meant my summers were tied up. And don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining. I've loved every minute of what I've done at CJOB, particularly covering the football and particularly being the voice of the Blue Bombers. But my summers uh, were never mine. Now my wife Day and I can set our own summer schedule which we did in 2020 and quite enjoyed it. And I will miss the work. I'll miss the football. I'll miss doing the games for sure. Uh, but there are other factors involved here that uh, made it clear to me that it is simply time for me to put my microphone on the shelf, although maybe I can do a little bit here and there <laughs> next year on CJOB, and maybe you guys will call me occasionally and say, hey, we want to know what you think about this or that. Uh, so I'm retiring, but, uh, you know, maybe my voice can be heard, uh, again, somewhere down the road. It's just, you know, people ask me why, uh, it's just time. That's all, I guess, all I can say. That's the best way to sum it up. You know, uh, I don't think you mentioned we might be being dramatic, but the first text in this morning, Bob, from Curtis says, quote, this is the saddest news ever. And I think it's just because you're such a, uh, 
part of the station and the family of our listeners. And so, you know, when you think back all these decades and you look back to when you were coming up and, and they first gave you the nod to yeah. do play by play, did you ever imagine you'd be here 2021, you know, well, no. with all the ups and downs? Yeah, no, probably not, Lorraine. I, I can think, I recall one time early in my career, I thought, uh, you know, when I, it'd be nice when I'm 55 or 60 if I'm in a position to just <laughs> walk away. And then you get to that and you think, well, wait a minute, uh, you know, I'm still enjoying it. And I'm still enjoying it, doing the games in particular. Uh, doing the play-by-play is a blast, and I can't even put into words, there's no way I could convey to people how enjoyable that is, doing play-by-play. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm at practice every day of the week uh, covering the Bombers. The, the audio you hear from Mike O'Shea and other players is audio I've collected. So it's not just the games that I do. It's it's the rest of the work that goes into covering the team. And, again, I'm, I'm not complaining. I still enjoy doing it. But it, it ties me up all summer. Mm-hmm. And I've got some health concerns and, you know, some other things that just uh, weigh into it. And uh, so... You know, you, you add it all up, and uh, I just don't have the energy anymore to do the kind of work that is required. I can do it, but uh, I just I want to stop doing it. Let me put it that way. I'm, and I know I'm going to. I know I'm sort of wandering around here. I'm going to miss it for sure. People congratulate me, and I'm thinking, hmm, I'm not sure congratulations is the proper term. <laughs> and yet I get it. I understand it, and so. I'm at peace with it. Uh, I've got my head around it. Uh, my wife and I have talked about it, and we're looking forward to my retirement years, however long they last. I'm 71 years old. I'll be 72 next year. And so, you know, whatever time we've got left on this mortal coil, as I call it, uh, we can now control every minute of that. Bob, before we let you go, i uh, just got to ask you quickly, Whoever takes over for you, are you going to be peppering them with suggestions or tips or perhaps badgering text messages during the games? No, I will not uh, say a word. I won't be hovering over anyone's shoulder. I think the last that's the last thing in the world uh, whoever it is will need. So I will rem- remove myself from the mix entirely. And uh, whoever that person is, they'll just, you know, take over and the beat goes on. I learned that a long time ago in this business. It doesn't matter... Who leaves, you know, or who is no longer there? The beat goes on, and that's just the way the world works. Well, Bob, I think I can speak for everyone who works at 680 CJOB in Global Winnipeg. uh, And for all of our listeners, uh, it's been an honor working with you. Well, look, the pleasure's been all mine. It really has. I I dreamed of being a sports broadcaster. I've lived that dream to the hilt. I've been in this business for over 50 years, so... Man, oh, man, I have no regrets or misgivings about anything. And, again, having a chance to do play-by-play and be the voice of the Blue Bombers has been a true honor for me. And to work at CJOB, one of the greatest radio stations in the country, again, I've I've been so lucky. Bob Irving. Can I I just add one more thing? You can also change your mind anytime, at any point, (laughs) 2045, 2055, you know. I'd retire? Well, yeah, look, (laughs) I'll be be thrilled to be around in 2035. That's (laughs) <laughs> all right well, we'll start there and we'll see where we're at then bob okay good. <laughs> bob irving the voice of the winnipeg blue bombers until the end of this year's cfl campaign loren we revealed some monstrous news just after seven o'clock 
Yeah, the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Bob Irving, is retiring at the end of this season. And so we thought it would be pretty fitting for our monstrously talented producer, Kyle Milroy, to put together one of his patented montages, which looks back at Bob's legendary 48-year-long career. At CJOB, we believe there's more to sports than just the scores. You want to know why and how things happen. And you have your own opinion. We give you the whole story at 25 after the hour. And that's why you haven't heard the whole story in sports until you've heard CJOB. Kevin Glennon shotgun from the 42. Back to pass, down the middle. Stiegel wide open. This could be it. 35-30. There's your record-breaking touchdown. Milt Stiegel in a class of his own. That is his 118th touchdown reception. And that breaks the record he shared with Alan Pitts. He is now in a league all by himself. Adam Big Hill joins us from the Blue Bomber locker room. Adam, congratulations. Off to the Grey Cup. How does it feel? Feels amazing. All going long for Sims Walker. What a catch at the Argo 30-yard line. you got to be kidding me. Hey, Andrew Harris, you're bringing the Grey Cup home to Winnipeg. Oh, man. Chris Strebler. Makes a hitch pass and looks to the end zone. Touchdown, Wolitarski. Three touchdown passes for Chris Streveler. First and 10 Lions at their 45. Back-to-back first downs. Five minutes left, third quarter, 23-0 Bombers. Here comes Alexander on a blitz. And it's intercepted. Willie Jefferson has a touchdown. He's to the 15. He's to the 10. He's dogging it. And he rolls into the end zone for the touchdown. Here we go. The last play of the game, barring a penalty. Kevin Glenn in the shotgun. And he throws it long down the left side for Stiegel. He's got it, and he's gone. Milt Stiegel's going all the way for a touchdown on the last play of the game. A 100-yard touchdown pass. Stiegel caught the ball between two stunned Edmonton defenders around center field. I don't think he could believe it himself. And there was nobody left to beat, and he took it into the end zone. Well, if justice is to prevail as John just suggested it just did and who could have imagined an ending like that what a season it's been lots of ups and downs and developments as there are in every season but it ends on the highest note possible the Winnipeg Blue Bombers defeated the Hamilton Tiger Cats 33 to 12 here in Calgary and the Blue Bombers are Grey Cup champions and it was fun, Loren, to hear Bob say he's going to call the, uh, the what, how did he put it? I'm going to call the Western Final when the Bombers win the Western Final on December 5th. That's going to be his final game. And then he's going to go watch the Bombers win the Grey Cup. I hope that that's exactly how, there could be no more fitting ending, ending than the way this season has gone. And I had said to Bob yesterday, you know, uh, it, I, I think it's a great way to go out. We, we've run out of words in terms of how to describe this team and how well they're doing this year. And so uh, he'll, he'll go out on a high note and hopefully the team does too, Brett. What would you name, Loren, as the worst intersection in Winnipeg? 
I can think of quite a few, actually, depending on, you know, whether it's how there's pedestrians crossing, whether it's an unsafe intersection. You always think, why are there not lights here? There's too much traffic. And I'm sure we all have our list of intersections that drive us crazy. But we want to talk about the ones that are statistically the worst. MPI puts that information together every year. And Global News Morning reporter Corey Callahan joins us now, not just to share which intersections are on that list, Brett, but what's going to be done to make them safer. So first, good morning, Corey. Let's just start with which intersections are on the list. Yeah, good morning, Loren. Uh, so uh, right now, uh, an intersection-wise, uh, the one that has the mo- that sees the most collisions, and this was done through a four-year span. So these numbers are from 2016 up until uh, the end of 2020. So Keniston and McGillivray uh, saw the most collisions here. Uh, they they had just over 1,200 over that four-year four-year span. And Leela McPhillips came in at number two, which is over 1,100. One thing, uh, a few things to note here too, as well, is that Keniston Boulevard, uh, throughout a few areas, made the list three times uh, in the top top 10 list and then also to Bishop Grandin Boulevard it made it three times and the interesting thing with that one is out that these intersections uh, St. Mary, St. Anne's and Dakota when they meet up with Bishop Grandin that's in about a three kilometer range or so I believe so uh, pretty interesting that some of these intersections are even relatively close to each other as well. So what's being done about these uh, problems? Yeah, so uh, uh, Manitoba Public Insurance is giving uh, funding to uh, Winnipeg Police, the RCMP, and Brandon Police as well. They did release some stats about uh, intersections and, and Brandon too. Uh, so what they want to do is they want to try to see if they can get police there more to kind of keep an eye on uh, driver habits, if you will. Uh, some of the main concerns that they're seeing here is maybe people go speeding through these intersections, going a little too fast and what the actual speed limit is. Uh, maybe how they're reacting to the lights uh, going as well. You know, maybe they're pushing on the gas a little extra too hard once that yellow light does come up to say hey you have to stop in the next few seconds or so and even um just you know they're maybe not paying attention maybe there is someone who's churning um who when even though they're trying to go through the intersection so making sure that they can try to address those habits uh, when going through because it could be a very dangerous time all right Corey callahan global news morning reporter thanks Corey. thank you yeah, Brett, that Keniston McGillivray one. Part of it is that there's just so much going on there. And I think it depends on where you are in the city and where you shop in terms of what, what you'd put on this list. So I often end up in that Keniston common area where there's the Costco and all sorts of different stores. Might be a Walmart. There's a keg there, like all Sobeys. But the intersection's so wide that if you're one of those people that tries to beat the yellow, mm-hmm. so to speak, like not stop at the yellow or not slow down, but try to beat it, so you, you got, you know, three, four lanes of traffic on each side to get through, depending on which direction you're coming from. And you're, you're not going to beat it. And I, I think that might be part of the problem. There's also the geese situation <laughs> in and around there some years that causes problem. And it's not a laughing matter considering um, what can go down. But that one is high. What's yours? Do you have one in mind? Off the top of my head, I don't know. I I, I think that one is, is in terms of just a nuisance intersection. Because mm-hmm. if you don't make the light, then you're sitting there for a long time. I also think of uh, Sterling Lion mm-hmm. at Keniston. But I think one that that, uh, that always just gives me a headache is uh, Marion at Tache. So like if you're trying to get onto Marion off of Tache, uh, I always found that that was a nightmare because if you want to turn left, it can be pretty busy there. And is it Tache? I think it's Tache. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, so if you want to get, if you want to go left, it's a pain. If you want to just keep going through Marion, it's a pain because there's always people who need to turn left there, right? And there's always parked cars just beyond 
the intersection. So that's one. But there, I'm sure there are many. And you can feel free to weigh in at 204 780 Yeah, I think of them more as nuisances so much of, as, of problem intersections. But the safety factors, uh, especially that McGilvery one, that's a, that's a big problem. Yeah, and I think part of the issue, too, is that we build these roads and then we sometimes put the development around them or the development comes and the roads come later and they're not always going hand in hand. And you can't always foresee what how many people might suddenly be making that turn or how many people might move into that neighborhood or suddenly a new development goes up and you add a thousand people to it. Well, it's a heck of a lot more traffic. McGarry and McNabb, Mackling back next week. We learned just after 7 o'clock that the one, the only, Bob Irving, the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers for nearly 50 years, is retiring at the end of this season. He said it's time. He got a taste of having a free summer last year because of COVID. There was no football. I actually got to go golfing with him. He was super relaxed. He did point out last year, though, he said, uh, I don't miss it right now because there is no football. Like if right. if they're if they were playing, he would have missed it. He said, I'd "Come back, do one more season," and now he's just realized, you know what? It's time. He's had a good run. Yeah, and on that note, we had one listener text to say that they'd love to be a fly on the wall next season to see if Bob is just yelling, you know, <laughs> at the radio or TV, doing the play-by-play in his living room or something, driving <laughs> his wife crazy. So, well, that's that's to come next year. We'll have to bring him on and ask him how we he was doing but of course such great reactions from our listeners one texting to say bob we all knew it was coming it couldn't be more deserved but damn this is one sad day for winnipeg sports you will so be missed classy 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 to the core we love you and i i one of our another listener said Dave, i think it was dave who said maybe uh, oh no maybe bob can be cloned <laughs> That'd be nice. But uh, if I could just quickly say one of the most important uh, lessons I learned in radio as a when I was a younger broadcaster, just uh, just like a fresh hire. How did Bob explain it to me? Illustration is better than explanation. So if you can explain something, that's great. But if you can illustrate it better with a piece of audio, in, in our case in radio, that's even better. And that's something that I've tried to just bring into my sort of everyday life because he's right. You know, you can spend two minutes explaining something that could take five seconds or even one second if you have a picture in your hand. Um, and he is maybe the most patient person I've ever worked with because when I was first doing afternoon sports, I kept screwing up and I'd walk in at 425, I'd walk out at 429 and the phone would ring and there's Bob on the phone saying, yeah, Brett, when you're uh, reading the golf, and because I screwed it up every time. I hadn't even started playing golf yet. I, th- I think I just started, but I didn't understand the game and I didn't know how to read this, the, the scoring. So, Bob, uh, I just I thank very thankful for his patience. Well, my first job was as a sports reporter twenty some years ago, and my first one of my first scrums was a blue bomber scrum. And uh, I asked a question once, and I can still remember Bob turning and listening to my question. And I thought, oh, my gosh, he's listening to me, too, not just the players. And, you you know, he was always very – anyone who's ever been new to any sports media scrum has never – nothing but wonderful words to say about how gracious he is to young ones coming up, people looking to learn. And as you point out in the newsroom, like, you know, you can have bosses, and I have had had them, who – by illustration, they yell. And that's not Bob, right? He just very calmly explains how you could maybe work to be better too. And that's wonderful. 
So, Bob, we had him on at 7.07. If you want to go to the audio vault at cjob.com, the producer Kyle Milroy, the Milroy montage, played that at 7.37. We're also talking intersections today, and we got some feedback, Loren, on the worst intersections. Yeah, so we had heard from MPI, they compile data every four or five years, and they put together their list of those collision-prone intersections, and that showed Keniston and McGillivray was way up on the list uh, for for collisions. A text from a listener came in saying the problem is people running red lights, most time intentionally. People are not looking up at the light before entering the intersection, and many just disregard the light change if they feel they can beat the traffic. And I had said to you, Brett, yeah, I think that's part of the issue. People try to beat that yellow and on a huge intersection like Keniston McGillivray, Keniston and Sterling Lyon, that's an issue. And so then another listener texted in to say Halifax has reduced collisions at trouble intersections by delaying the red signal light, staying on longer in both directions by just a couple of sex- sections before it goes green. And so you also don't have people watching to see when that red goes green and gunning it through the intersection while someone else might be beating the yellow. So I don't know, it might not hurt to have a longer pause between lights at those bigger intersections so that you can give people time to pause and look and say, okay, no one's coming. My turn. Let's go. Yeah. We've had, uh, I think people say that before because isn't it standard? It doesn't matter how big the intersection is. It's the same amount of time. I can't remember question. I I actually don't know the answer. And this list, this text got me listening thinking and I'm sending a note to the city as we speak because I think there are some spaces where that will happen. I mean, there are other provinces for sure. So what we're talking about is not just, you know, maybe having a longer amber color or yellow color before it goes red, but before the light on the other direction immediately goes green, there's a pause where actually no traffic is moving, right? Instead of it quick, instantly going to green when the second the other one goes to red, it's like a two-second delay. I think Ontario does this as well, if I recall correctly. And so it's a good question if we're doing that here at some intersections, all intersections, could we make that change and just give that two seconds of zero traffic is allowed to move so that we don't have those running the red light situations. Well, right now we want to ask you the question, does it make sense to bring in more restrictions for Southern Health? Yeah, and we're asking that question for a couple reasons. One, we know we get these numbers every couple of days now, and predominantly, Brett, the you know the large bulk of the cases are coming from Southern Health, and that goes with hospitalizations as well. And I'm going to share with you some of the vaccine rates uh, in that part of the province, how they were eight weeks ago and what they look like now and the change or lack thereof. But first, just here's a snapshot of some of the numbers. So right now there are 141 people in hospital with COVID. That's a significant increase from 118 patients reported Friday. Nearly half of the people in hospital are from the Southern Health region. 26 are receiving intensive care. And again, the vast majority of those are unvaccinated. And so epidemiologist Cynthia Carr was asked by Richard and Julie yesterday if more targeted restrictions to that region, to Southern Health, would make sense. The challenge with regional lockdowns at this point is who pays the price and what the options are. Uh, and again, what would be the the outcomes of those lockdowns? So, you know, lockdown options would, would impact businesses. Obviously, it could impact schools, uh, which may have to happen if there's too much community transmission transmission and it's not safe for kids in school you know but they've certainly suffered uh, significantly throughout this pandemic and we don't want to see that happen Uh, you know the problem too with these targeted lockdowns is yes those groups will 
pay the consequences, but people would still continue to travel throughout Manitoba uh, and other areas potentially uh, for shopping for, for other reasons. So um, I'm not really sure at this point how much success uh, there will be with those lockdowns. So that's talking about, you know, targeted restrictions to that region. And we've heard all along from officials that they really hope that the way out of this is vaccinations. But, you know, Brett, I've been screen grabbing the vaccine rates in various regions for the last, I don't know, six, eight weeks just to see if I could track any uptick. So, for example, October 3rd, that's now what, about five, six weeks ago, the vaccination rate in Winkler was 41.5%. Today, it's 44.6%. So it it's gone up 3% in five weeks. That's not a huge uptick there. And then if I look at the arm of Stanley, and just bear with me here, uh, five, six weeks ago, it was at 24.2%, so 24.2% on October 3rd. Right now, it's at 25.9%. So it went up 1.7%. And I know that's a lot of numbers to take in. I'm just trying to demonstrate that, you know, the, the, I think the hope from officials that with the passage of time, we would get these numbers up and we'd have more people vaccinated and then you wouldn't have to keep saying, hey, by the way, the majority of people with the cases are the unvaccinated. The majority of people in the hospital are the unvaccinated. But I don't know what you do with that. It, you know, in that arm of Stanley to go from 24.2% to 259 that's it's negligible. And Dave texting us uh, saying that you, you, you can't just put restrictions on the South because all they got to do is drive to Winnipeg if they, if they want. Um, and... I don't. I don't know what the solution is here either because you can't re. You can't reintroduce like province-wide restrictions because most people would be like, "Well, I've done my part. I've gotten vaccinated, and you expect me to to sit at home again and not or not see my loved ones, or expect can't expect businesses to go through another painful shutdown." And yet, you know, when you see the numbers slowly climbing, like what was it over six hundred cases over the last four days? Mm-hmm. That's you know. Every time I think, are we out of the woods? The numbers start to climb again. And I don't know what you do at this point. I think that's the problem for officials right now, too. They're not really sure what the, what the answer might be. And, and perhaps they have some things in the works and, and that might help. There's, but there's also talk. The reason why we talk about these specific areas is just because of where those numbers sit. And yeah, you know what? There's lots of parts in the province right now that all, all, also are still... Um, need to get those numbers up. You know, if I look at North Norfolk, which is kind of, I, I want to say it's like the Gladstone area, okay. just north of Gladstone, they're still at 57%. Like there's lots of places that are still nowhere near the Winnipegs and the Northern Health regions and the Westmans. Like I get it, but uh, we're talking about a pretty wide swath. And when they keep giving us the numbers of the impact that's having on the hospital system coming from a very specific region, we have to ask what we're going to do about it because the hospital system in Winnipeg, you live in Winnipeg, your hospital system that you rely on brings in people from all over the province. And that's why we have to keep looking at what we're going to do here. And it's also concerning as well when you see headlines from just a few days ago that children under 12 are leading new COVID-19 infections across the country. And as well, when you see that uh, the bulk of the cases are unvaccinated, but we do have people going to hospital who are vaccinated. So that has me kind of anxious uh, for my booster because I've, I'm double AstraZeneca. I'm eligible for that third shot. So I think I can go on November 29th. That would put me at my six-month mark. So um, what day of the month is that? November 29th. Oh, that's a Monday. Yeah, you can that do works. a Monday. Yeah, then, then I'll, you know, if, if I get sick on Tuesday, then I'll... <laughs> 
Then I'll just, I guess I just can't come into work, guys. I I, I got well, the vaccine yesterday. I don't feel very good. You've never once, not once, in my three plus years in radio, have you called in sick. So one of these days, my friend, yeah. go for it. I'll, I'll do it on the weekend. I'll, I'll make sure that I go on a Friday or something so that I can sleep in on the Saturday because I don't want to do that. McGarry and McNabb mackling back next week. We have tickets to give away, Loren, for a show we just announced this morning. This is where you want me to weigh in, right? Yes, of course. Who's live anyway? I'm live on radio, and I should be more prepared. Who's live anyway is coming to Winnipeg Saturday, June 4th, 2022, Club Region Event Center. There is a pre-sale tomorrow and Thursday, Brett, and the password with Ticketmaster is improv. Jeff B. Davis, Joel Murray, Ryan Stiles, and Greg Proops live at Club Region Event Center. Tickets on sale Friday, but we've got tickets to give away all week long on the start, and we'll give away our first pair right now. If you can answer this question, 50% of men say they have one of these in their bedroom. Jordina, do you know what it is? Uh, TV. Not, I'm sure... Uh, I would say that number is probably higher, but that's not it. I don't have a TV. In my, well, I don't nope. have a. I don't have it uh, plugged in. I have a TV in my bedroom when I moved it from the living room into the bedroom, but I don't use it. I don't like to have a TV in my room. Agreed. Which is because uh, I just want to go to sleep. Kathy, do you know what it is? Um, not sure. Maybe I'm gonna say um, a coat tree for your suit. <laughs> Say that again. A tree for your suit. Oh, oh no! Oh, that's a great like a guess. Yeah, yeah, that's a super guess. Uh, and that actually sounds really handy. But no, that's not it. Dan, fifty percent of men say they have one of these in their bedroom. What is it? How about uh, a running fan? That's a great guess. I am one of those people, but that's not it. Year round, you have it going. Yeah. For the noise. For the noise. Yeah. And sometimes for to actually because it's too hot in my room, but uh, definitely for the white noise. I just I, I could have any white noise thing, but it, I just, I've had this fan for like eight years and it, it works great. Joshua, yeah, fifty percent of men say they have one of these in their bedroom. What is it? Oh, I'm drawing a blank. I was going to say fan too, but uh, I guess I'll go with uh, video games. Oh, that's a good one. But no, do you have video games in your room, Josh? <laughs> I don't. But uh, okay, I was just grasping at straws here. Hey, that's a good <laughs> guess. Uh, Loren, is it time for a, a hint, do you think? Yes. Uh, let's just say that it's something you might have also had as a kid in your room. Oh, I like that. Michelle, do you know what it is? I don't know. A picture of your mother? No. Oh, no. that's sweet. That is sweet. And now I feel like a bad son because I don't <laughs> have one. Oh. Uh, Chris, do you know what it is? Your favorite blanket? Ooh, we're get. I, I feel like we're getting closer. Yeah, um, it's a comfort thing you would have had as a kid, and now you might have it as an adult for other. You know, could be for comfort, could be. Safety. Could also be very practical. How's that? Yeah, more safety kind of thing. Wayne, do you know what it is? Uh, I guess when you gave that hit, that threw me off. So I'm going to say uh, some kind of favorite music. I guess. No, no, that's not it. That's a good one. Kathy, do you know what it is? Poster on the wall. Posters? Posters? No. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Like a new kids on the block poster. <laughs> yeah, or like uh, a I Jenny bring Mac- that back. Or like Jenny McCarthy or something. Yeah, Alyssa Milano. <laughs> David, do you know what it is? 
How about a house coat? No. And, I, I, and this is the portion where I have to start ripping through calls, so Go I apologize. It. Melissa, do you know what it is? Is it a nightlight? Say that again, Melissa. A nightlight. Yes, it is a nightlight. Well done. <laughs> do you have one? I don't. I have two. <laughs> yeah, do you have two nightlights in your bedroom? Yes. What color are they? Uh, they actually change colors. Oh, yeah? Do you have it set to a, like to just constantly change color, or is it sort of... One yeah, it's, it's purple. like a club in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> but you can get those now, Brett. Like, it's really popular with kids and adults. that are They're almost strips. Like, you put them on your ceiling and oh, yeah. or around the edges, and they just flash like crazy. Oh, yeah. You can put, the, yeah, they, those strips. A lot of people put them on the back of their television. So it looks really cool. It gives your, your TV, like, this sort of glowing theatrical feel to it. That looks really neat. But, Melissa, congratulations. 50% of men say they have a nightlight in their bedroom. And you're going to see who's live anyway. McGarry and McNabb, Mackling back next week. We have SmackDown tickets to give away based on your texts. On the, We're talking about the stuff that we keep in our cars for winter. Uh, or the stuff that we don't have in our cars and that maybe you wish you had. And uh, these first two texts, Loren... Both of them are either super prepared or have great ideas on what should be in the vehicle. I don't think I have these things in my house, let alone in my car. But yes, listener says I have a packed bag with extra gloves, Sorel boots, candles, two sets of bo- two sets of booster cables, traction mat, ski suit, thermal and regular blankets, two bottles of water, and a change of clothes. That is prepared. No kidding. Yeah, like a, to just have a, a spare ski suit? That's... Super prepared, but hey, if especially if you like, if you, you maybe you live in rural Manitoba or you 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 like to go back and forth uh, on the highway, that that's a good idea. Scott also with a good idea, Loren. Yeah, along with all the usual things that should be in a vehicle for winter highway travel, sleeping bags, balaclava, I suspect that inside a vehicle, out of the wind, with those two things surviving minus thirty would be doable, but not necessarily super comfortable. And not that I ever want to know firsthand. Maybe contact Professor Popsicle. He would be a good source of survival information. And it's true. You could have all those things, but you might still need to figure out other ways to stay alive, whether it be what to eat, what to drink, uh, you know, where to go to the washroom even. Good point. Good point. But this is our winning text. This comes from Beth, who says, My husband and I were driving in rural Saskatchewan to visit my mom's boyfriend's farm. We had never driven there before, so we're using Google Maps to find it. It was the February long weekend, so plenty of snow and ice. We turn off the highway onto a questionable road following the GPS instructions. Well, it was pretty snow-covered, but that's what the map said, so we went for it. Turned out it was not a real road. It was just a tractor farming road that had not been used all winter. And I was in my Honda Civic... Very determined to ride it through. Eventually, the snow got so high, we were completely trapped in the middle of nowhere. We had nothing. No emergency kit, no cardboard, no cat litter, nothing. Thankfully, I had my husband, who got out in knee-deep snow and pushed the car in reverse all the way back to the highway. Now I never go to a farm or a rural area without verbal instructions from someone who lives there because Google Maps is not country-friendly. And I said, hang on a second. He was able to push it back through all the snow, are you married to Hercules? And he says, I think his strength was fueled by his <laughs> anger that I insisted on following the GPS. And what yes. show did that make us both think of, Loren? Following the GPS, you have to go to Michael Scott in his ridiculous convertible with Dwight Schrute following GPS. Make a right turn. 
No, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. It means bear right. No. Up there. It said right. It said take a right. No, 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 no. <clears throat> no, look. It, it means go up to the right, bear right, over the bridge, and hook up with 307. Make a right Maybe it's turn. a shortcut, Dwight. It said go to the right. It can't mean that. There's well, a lake there. I think it knows where it's going. This is the, the lake. machine knows. This is the lake. Stop yelling at me. No, it's Stop not yelling. yelling. There's no room here. <laughs> Remain calm. I have trained for this. Okay. Exit the window. Here we go. Make a U-turn. <laughs> That's my favorite part. Make a U-turn. Yes. Impossible. Exactly. The GPS is still... T You're like, you know, at that point, you want to smash that GPS. But, uh, yes, as soon as she told the story of going down a road that maybe wasn't a road or the right road, that's what we both thought of. <laughs> Congratulations, Beth. You're going to SmackDown. McGarry and McNabb, Mackling is on vacation, and we have two guests about to join us to discuss the big climate conference that's happening in Scotland. But before we look at what's happening east across the pond, Loren, we must look west because there's someone who wants to say hi. Someone who has zero idea of how to take a vacation, but on this <laughs> moment, on this day, I think Greg Macklin is right to call in because Greg, of course, you learn like the rest of us through an email that the legendary Bob Irving is retiring at the end of the season, and I know you've worked side-by-side side with him for so many years and have just some thoughts you'd like to share. Well, I'm uh, trying to keep my emotions. I just texted Bob because I just landed in Vancouver, and good morning, my friends. I miss you already. My phone, I don't know, can your phone be full of text messages? Because it was approaching full to overflowing when I turned on my phone in Vancouver just about half an hour ago. And I just really wanted to publicly express my gratitude, not only for the time that I've been able to, to work with Bob and the things I've learned with him over the years, just as a football fan, Bob Irving painted the picture for a guy that grew up in the West End who could see Winnipeg Stadium from his bedroom window. And I wasn't always able to go to the games, but Bob always made me feel like I was there. And I just wanted to phone and, and express my congratulations, my appreciation. I was trying to find the, uh, the appropriate analogy. Uh, it's like learning that Polo Park is closing or something. I don't know, but I think this is, this is uh, something that we would compare it to. This is like Bob Irving not playing, calling Blue Bomber games anymore. And, and here we are, just probably something a lot of people didn't comprehend or, or ponder. So uh, guys, I just wanted to Send my love and my congratulations, my gratefulness to Bob Irving this morning. Greg Mackling, enjoy your vacation. I don't want to hear from you again. <laughs> I miss you too, Brad. <laughs> Aren't you soon to be in roaming territory? Like, you got charges to think about. So turn that phone off, enjoy, have a good time. Uh, and, and well said. You're right. He's going to be so missed. Okay, friends. We'll talk to you later. Okay, Bye. Greg. Enjoy your vacation. Seriously, uh, that was really nice of Greg. I mean, we just we're we're just giving a hard time. Okay, um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to block his email if I get an email from him over the next seven days. <laughs> Does it send an alert back if that happens? Because that would be funny. <laughs> You've been blocked by Brett and the Red. Hey, thanks for listening to the Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think. 
And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on CJOB. Talk soon.